Welcome to Lead Pods, the official leadership podcast from USMB for pastors and church leaders, where our goal is to increase our impact together. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 56 of the USMB Lead Pods. My name is Matt Ayersman, and I will be your host today for another episode that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. So a few weeks ago now, I got a chance to sit down and talk with Bruce Inns. Uh, Bruce is the new General Director of Multiply, our MB uh, mission agency who sends missionaries around the world and also does a lot of really great uh, church planning efforts. Uh, Bruce took over in this role literally just a few weeks before I had a chance to talk to him. So he is still uh, new, but he's been around in the MB family for a long time. And many of you probably know that Multiply is a great organization, but they have had a lot of challenges in the recent years. And I appreciated how Bruce openly addressed those, but he really has a lot of great vision for things to come down the road. And I'm excited to see uh, what comes under his leadership. But I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know Bruce. So let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll get right to my conversation with Bruce Inns, the new general director of Multiply. The Christian Leader serves U.S. Mennonite brethren by drawing our churches together, discipling the USMB constituency within the Confession of Faith and directing the USMB family toward a unified vision. This summer, Christian Leader coverage will highlight the ICOM 2022 Summit in Brazil, a Mennonite World Conference Assembly report from Indonesia, recaps from Ascent and USMB Gathering 2022, continuing reports from Ukraine, and more. The CL is free for all U.S. Mennonite brethren. Subscribe today at www.christianleadermag.com. All right, my friends. Well, today I'm excited to introduce you to Bruce Enns. He is the new general general director of Multiply. Many of you may know him from his years in the MB circles, but if you don't yet, wanted to get a chance for you to get to know him and kind of hear about his new role and kind of his vision for Multiply here on Moving Forward. So Bruce, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Really grateful to meet you. Thank you, Matt. It's really good to be with you and uh, just to be speaking to the audience in uh, our family of churches in the U.S. Yeah, it's great to get to know you. So I admitted before we started recording here that I'm a stereotypical dumb American who doesn't know Canadian (laughs) geography, but I know you're in Saskatchewan. So tell us about you and your home, your family. Tell us just where you're talking to us from today and any background you want to share. Yeah, no, no problem. Well, I'm, uh, I'm living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, kind of in the middle of the country. I, uh, we're in a farm belt here, much like Kansas area. I think we're where you're sitting from. And uh, so that's where we are. And I'm based in my home office right now. So, and I grew up in a farm as well, too. I, I grew up in a small farming community in northeastern Saskatchewan called Carrot River, Saskatchewan, which most Canadians have never heard of. I don't expect any Americans to actually have heard of that place. But uh, anyways, so it was a great Great place to, to grow up, and I love growing up on the farm. Married for 33 years to my wife, Lisa, and we have four adult daughters. They're ages 20 to 28, and they all still live here in Saskatoon. Only our youngest lives at home with us uh, yet, and so uh, we're just really enjoying this adult stage of, of life uh, with our kids right now. And I have to say, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan might be the coolest name ever like it's it, it, it's a little it a little bit sounds like a dr seuss book but it sounds like the place i'd like to live so i i love it yeah it's a bit of a mouthful i i keep forgetting that until i run you know go out to other places and then it's like oh yeah it is a bit of a mouthful but <laughs> we're, we're kind of used to it i guess so yeah i love it very cool yeah. well we just mentioned that you just recently started as the new general director is that the right title general director yeah 
And you just, so we're recording kind of end of May. You just started a couple of weeks ago. So I know this is kind of fresh for you. Really quick, can you just explain what is, what is general director of Multiply mean? What, what, what is your new role? How does that fit in with the, the big picture of Multiply? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> so as one person explained it to me, the general director leads generally okay. <laughs> and directs generally, I guess. And so that's uh, part of what I, uh, I feel like I'm called to do. And so I'm looking forward to that. And, um, I, but yeah, these, these first weeks and months are just really figuring out the, the organization, the culture and getting to a sense of uh, what Multiply is all about in its current kind of addition and what God's doing currently and moving the organization towards. But uh, yeah, just oversee uh, all the ministries that originate and are connected to our U.S. and Canadian, you know, supporting conferences that burst multiply many, many years ago. So very cool. I'll have a better answer for your question in a, in a few months from now, probably. I think you're just, you're the grand poobah. You're the grand poobah from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Now there's oh, a Dr. Seuss book if you ever had one. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, we just recently had an article about you in the Christian leader. I was reading it earlier. So I know you've been in the NB family for a long time. You're a pastor, you've been on the board. So fill us in on that background. So you, you, you were a pastor on the board. What, what, what all does that look like? What other roles did you have over the years? Yeah, I mean, I can go back a little bit further. I'll, I'll go back to some of my uh, beginnings a little bit, like even within the MB family. I was um, at Columbia Bible College. I was a student there. Actually, that's where my wife and I left, uh, met. We were both students at Columbia Bible College in Abbotsford, BC, both of us coming from Saskatchewan, actually, and but we met over there. And, and so my background, I, even though I got a church ministries degree from Columbia, my background was more as I moved forward into uh, coaching and athletics and recreation. So okay. I was actually a hockey coach and uh, athletics director at Columbia for many years after I was a student there. And so I kind of continued on and pursued uh, that as well as a uh, kinesiology degree. And then I eventually did a master's in, in kind of sport organizations or nonprofit governance actually is what my master's was in. And so it's really interesting and, and God uses all that kind of stuff and carries it forward in our lives, which I always find so interesting. And I, I really enjoy just seeing how God uses those things, but you know, God kind of called us out of that season at Columbia and, and it was uh, about 23 years ago, I started getting this restlessness that it was time to leave and uh, resigned from that position with no job to go to and went uh, to Calgary um, and kind of, that was sort of my, I call it the wandering in the wilderness kind of phase for a while. But then eventually God led us to this call to pastoral ministry and uh, we moved to Saskatoon and uh, we're involved at Forest Grove Community Church uh, for 21, the last 21 years, been pastoring there. And, and even though I kind of came into the role reluctantly, not wanting it, I didn't want to be a pastor, uh, didn't want to move back home in a sense of where I was originally from. And, and yet God had these things in store for me. And it, it turned out to be a role that I came to embrace and, and truly love, even though it was, it was definitely hard to kind of figure out my identity, you know, who am I as a pastor now uh, in this kind of new era. But Came to really love pastoral ministry and, and church ministry, and it's become a real passion of mine. So I started out as a youth and young adults pastor in that role. And then about four years in, the lead pastor and I switched roles, actually, by his initiative. He became an associate pastor. I became the lead pastor. And that's a whole nother story okay. in itself. But um, just his self-awareness, and, and he just saw some gifts in me. And, and so that was a really kind of cool part of, of my story uh, during that time. But 
but through that, I really came to just love the local church. And I, I, over these last years, it just sort of one of my disciplines is even as I drive by local churches and their buildings, I, I pray blessing over them. And I do that in whatever city I'm in. I just, God has just given me a real love for the local church. And so even this role to multiply is, is one that, um, I see as an extension of that. And so when I was on the board of Multiply, uh, I was it was MB Mission at that time. I was on the board for 12 years from 2006, I believe it was, till 2018. And what I loved about that role was it allowed me to lift my eyes. Like it was God lifting my eyes to see the bigger uh, world and the global family. And, and when you're a local church pastor, you can get so drilled down into the weeds of everyday life and the mess of people's lives and so on. And, and so my work on the board with uh, MB Mission at the time was just so invigorating and encouraging to me because it helped me to see beyond kind of the immediate issues that were right in front of me. And so that's, that's what I really loved about that role. And, and it just helped me to really get exposed to multiply. And our church has had uh, a lot of involvement with long-term missions and, and global partnerships. And so we've been really connected through multiply in that way as well. And um, so that was just some of my kind of my past uh, history in that and and from connecting a local church pastor role to to uh, being involved in global missions as well. So on, on that topic, so I mean, going from what hockey coach, you said to pastor, that's already a pretty big jump. But then yeah. to, to go even more specifically into missions, that's it's a kind of very specific call into ministry. So I'm just curious, did that kind of just evolve over time? Did you have you always kind of had a heart for the world or how did you get specifically into the, the mission part of the side of things? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, um, because our church was very involved in global missions, you know, I was introduced to and connected to a lot of uh, global missionaries through multiply and, and other agencies. But then uh, our church also, we developed a partnership. We, we made a decision early on to move from kind of a, a wide you might call it a shotgun approach to more of a rifle approach, a focused approach on, on uh, partnerships and, and our first one being in Panama. And so for the last 17 years, we've done that. And, and I guess what I've just seen is, is the intentionality of kind of pressing into one location actually just made global missions a much more integral part of our discipleship strategy overall as a church. Hmm. So now we just saw, training up teams and training up individuals to go both on short-term missions right in our own city and then going beyond uh, to the global places was something that was just really, really powerful and impactful. So it, it really just started to grow as God kind of planted these seeds and these desires in lots of people in our church to connect more intentionally globally and specifically to connect in one place and really invest in one place. And what we found is that by investing in one place, it actually helped people even look to other missionaries and say, hey, how could we do a better job of supporting them? And so it actually expanded the reach, ironically, uh, of our church in that way by focusing more, more narrowly. And so I would just say it was just something that God just started to, to grow in me uh, over time. And, and Marianne Berg is our missions pastor. She's just done a great job of helping us to, to see and to engage with these global partnerships. And so just being a part of that uh, has just been really uh, exciting and, and, and grown that love for the global church. And then as I've gotten to meet people and make friends in uh, our global family, it's just only enriched my life and it's changed our church. And so hmm. for us, it's just, you know, it became part of a, an integral part of our discipleship strategy and something that I've just loved being a part of. Very cool. Okay. So you're, you're in, you kind of have that role and then you're on the board. So 
we'll maybe get into this in just a little bit later, but um, Multiply has obviously been in kind of a, a lot of transition. There's been a lot of change the past few years. So I'm just curious when some of those things started happening, you're on the board, like, was this on your radar at all? Or how did you get from, from there to here? What's kind of the next step of your story after that? Well, I would say that the last uh, couple of years when I was pastoring at Forest Grove, I started to feel a bit of this restlessness again. I just, I don't know how else to describe it. I just kind of call it this restlessness from God. I just feel like the spirit of God is just prompting me to, okay, it's sort of preparing you for change. Mm-hmm. And similar to what happened like 20 some years ago at Columbia Bible College. And so for the last couple of years, this restlessness was there and I was sort of kind of working through that. Um, and I was just sensing, I think God is preparing me to leave, um, you know, this pastoral role that I love, but, and then, you know, COVID hits and, and that's just upended everybody's life. And, and so you yeah. sort of, for me, it was sort of like, okay, head down and go time. And you sort of, it's not the time to leave now. So you sort of press in and keep going. And yet, you know, Lisa and I eventually just kind of landed in a place that it was time to resign and just felt like, no, I think, I think now is the time. And so that's what we decision that we made last, last summer. And, and also for me, you know, I'd, I'd gone through a little bit of a, a season of burnout there as well, too. I mean, I know that people all over the place, including pastors, are just, they're under lots of strain and, and COVID just added all kinds of weight to that. And so that was part of my experience as well, too. And so, but that wasn't the main factor. The main factor is just feeling this sense like, no, it's time to to move on. And so that was just the, just affirmed. And so I had had some people talk to me about the multiply role you know, different points in this season. And I, you know, Randy Friesen is a good friend of mine. And and I just felt like, no, it just, it didn't, I wasn't sure. I didn't feel like the right fit. I didn't feel like I was in a place that I was ready to, to step into something like that. But eventually I, like I said, I, Lisa and I came to this place of peace of resigning. And so last uh, October is when I finished um, my time and then just took about four to six months of just what I call decon- disconnecting and decompressing and just totally um, stepping away from leadership responsibilities and just allowing the spirit of God to bring us, my wife and I did both through just a time of healing and renewal. And we had to go through grieving and all kinds of things of, of leaving a church that we love and, and so on. And so I just, I needed a lot of time to process things again. And right. so that's what these last months have been about for me. And I've, I've really loved that. I, I'm a woodworker and I love to work with my hands. And so I was in my workshop a lot and building, and I probably spent more time in silent prayer and just walking in nature and allowing God to speak to me than I have in, in most of my life. So it's just been a really good season of that. The board approached me again after Christmas, or they approached me after Christmas, I should say, and just to consider, you know, would I, would I discuss this opportunity again? And, and so I just felt like I was in a different place and that uh, was ready to kind of engage in that discernment. Hmm. And so we entered into a really slow two-way discernment. It was about four months actually of discernment from January till April or so. And just really um, came to a place of of peace. And, and even for Lisa and I, just of unity that this, this felt like a right fit now. And I've always been one where I really, I really value, I mean, the Holy Spirit lives within us, but the Holy Spirit is also among us as a body of believers. And I, I really value how the Holy Spirit speaks uh, to his people and and among us. And, and so just discerning with different people and discerning, obviously with the multiplied board and so on, just really felt a sense of affirmation and peace and and of God's calling to, to kind of step into this role. And so that's, that's kind of what led me to, to agree to, 
go into this discernment and, and eventually land in a place where I'm really excited for what God has for the future. Yeah, cool. That's great. And speaking of that, so I mean, whenever you, this is a huge transition for you, right? I mean, anytime you leave a church, leave a job that you've been at for a long time, a job that you mostly enjoyed, it sounds like, and yeah. this is it's a similar job, but at the same time, it's also pretty different. So as you're again, we as we mentioned, you're literally just days into this new position. Yeah. I think you mentioned you were just in Brazil, right? Um, so yeah, in these yeah. kind of in these kind of early days, with a kind of unique perspective of you've been around, but you also have this kind of new new perspective. I'm, I'm guessing some real excitement, especially in these first few days. So what, now that you're kind of in and getting settled, what, what are you seeing like just beyond the horizon that really excites you? Like what, where, how are you feeling about just what's next for, for multiply? Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, you know, I, I just came back from Brazil, uh, ICO meetings, international community of the Mennonite brethren. And so our, our MB family, our global family from around the world. And it was the first ICO meeting I'd been to. And I know, you know, lots of different people have been to those and they're just really encouraging and exciting to, again, lift your eyes to see what God is doing uh, beyond our own country, beyond our own city and, and our own setting. And so that was that was really exciting for me just to be a part of it. And I think a great way to uh, kind of enter into this role. And, and I guess for me, it was also really cool to just see how Multiply has been a really big part of this ICOM story. Like Multiply has been a significant part of the last hundred plus years of helping, you know, make disciples, plant churches, they eventually become conferences. And then they, at whatever point, uh, join together to form ICOM. And so Multiply has been a, a big part of that story. And, but now I think needs to play a, a different story uh, in different ways. And so, you know, as I think about Multiply and I think about over a hundred years of people giving of their money sacrificially, of sending people, of going, of serving uh, as missionaries and in all kinds of capacities, whether it's on the boards or whatever, I, I just am honored to kind of join into that story and to be a part of declaring God's goodness uh, to the world that we're, we're called uh, to, you know, but the other reality is that we also see, and even just being in ICOM, you hear stories from different countries. You see that it's always amazing. And we, we all experience this where you see God's, transformation and good things that are happening and it's really exciting and there's great stuff but then alongside that are stories of pain and disappointment and brokenness and and those two things just seem to go hand in hand in Mm -hmm. all of our churches they go hand in hand in all of our conferences they go hand in hand you know in our national our global families that we see around the world and and so the same is is true for multiply you know uh, multiply has had uh, pain points uh, over the years, the last couple of years with the merger and demerger of C2C and, and MB Mission. There's definitely, you know, some good things that happened prior to and, and through that, but there was also some real painful things and, and difficult things. And the story was different in Canada than it was in the U.S. And so I'm more familiar with the, the Canadian side of the story, obviously, but I am somewhat familiar with the U.S. side and I'm, you know, wanting to get to know more of that story uh, as well. But I guess, you know, just um, seeing what God can do, even in our brokenness, is is always been encouraging to me. One of the things that, you know, God really put on my heart early on when I stepped into leadership in, in church leadership was just a call to a leadership that is only found through brokenness. And I think that's probably true for most of us. Um, and it's it's part of our multiply story as well, too, is we have to be honest with the brokenness and the 
things that have gone wrong and then, uh, you know, work through to forgiveness, reconciliation, and then move forward uh, together in whatever ways that we can. And so I think that that's, that's going to be really important for us um, in the years ahead. Yeah. And you mentioned, we don't need to get into details, but you mentioned, you know, it's been a little kind of a rocky road the past few years and your leadership, I think will be instrumental in helping turn that around. I know just from what I've gathered that one of your goals is to really help the U S and the Canadian teams work together really well, kind of sure up communication, sure up teamwork, some things that maybe kind of weren't strengths over the past few years. I, I, I'm kind of gathering that you're really, um, that's really important to you to kind of take, take, take the reins and kind of repair some of those relationships, maybe gain back some trust where that might need to happen. So is, is that, is that true? Is that kind of at the top of your list these days is trying to shore those things up and in your first few days, making sure that we can have those strong relationships together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my leadership style is it, I'm, I'm very relational. And so for me, relationships are really important. And so and I, maybe that's the pastor shepherd part of me. I mean, I have also an apostolic kind of gifting and so on, but I, I tell people it's kind of a slow apostolic. I like to go, like we need to go together. And that means um, we need to walk slowly and make sure that we walk together. And so, yeah, this season is about relationship building. It's about getting to know people, um, reacquainting myself with old friends and getting to know new friends and people that I've never met before. And that's especially true in the U.S. Um, I have lots more people, obviously, to get to know in the in the U.S. And so looking forward to coming to the the gathering of the National Convention and the pastor's retreat in, uh, in Kansas in, at the end of July. Yep. And uh, have already some trips planned in California in September, and there'll be other places that I'll connect. Um, but just really wanting to do that. Um, and one of the things that I'm excited about is I know that the U.S. MB executive, along with the Canadian executive, they've been working through some stuff in these last months of their own reconciliation, you know, and, and that's really exciting to me because the, you know, the question I think for some people was, okay, do we even want to stay together, you know, as Canada and U.S.? And, and the resounding answer out of all that conversation and dialogue as they work through some what I understand was some really tough stuff was a resounding yes. It's like, yes, we are committed to each other. We want to work together. We're stronger together. And I just really affirm that. And I was excited uh, to hear that. And so that's what I want to be a part of is, is doing that. And, and, you know, one of my, one of my favorite parables that Jesus told is, you know, in Matthew 13, where he talks about the parable of the, of the, well, it's called in my Bible, it has the title, the parable of the sower and the seed or something. And I like to call it the parable of the soil because it's all about the different types of soil and how the good soil produces, you know, the 30, 60, 100 fold thing. And, and so for me, that's always been really important is, is what's the condition of the soil and what's the condition of the soil in my own life, like in my own heart. Um, and I, am I tending to that? Um, what's the condition of the soil in my marriage? If I'm married, uh, if I have a family, what's the condition of the soil with my kids and my relationship there? What's the condition of the soil in my uh, relationships around me, in our church, in the teams that we serve in or lead? You know, those kinds of things are really, really important to me um, because when I, when I see that parable and when I read scripture, you know, even where Paul says, like, you know, he's talking about him and Apollos. Well, one does the watering, one, one plants a seed, one does the watering, but it's only God that makes it grow in 1 Corinthians 3. And so that really sticks out to me that, that God is the only one who can make things grow, but we do have a responsibility to tend to the environment and, and the culture, the conditions of the soil, um, all those kinds of things. So that's the kind of stuff 
I'm really interested in paying attention to and, and helping process with people because I think when we're healthy, things grow and things happen and good fruit is produced. And so it's just really important that we, we pay attention to those things. That's great. And kind of building off of that, you, you mentioned kind of the, the higher level, executive level, like USMB and Can- the Canadian leadership kind of working together. I'm curious, do you have anything specific in mind for like for the local MB church? So if, if a leader's listening today who works at a local church, they're not involved in the top level exec level, yeah. but I'm guessing, you know, their annual budget, I'm sure some of that goes to multiply. They might host you or an MB or a multiply missionary occasionally throughout the year. How else can just the, the local church, the local MB church work for some of these kind of bigger picture goals? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and I guess this is where I want people to hear. This is what my passion is. I mean, I was a local church pastor for 21 years, so mm-hmm. I get that world. I understand the, the realities of that. And so for me, as I think about even my role now, multiply what my passion is, is not so much to go to churches and say, Hey, look at the great thing that we're doing. Come and join us. It's actually more so to go alongside pastors and say, Hey, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what God has planted in your church and kind of the, the bigger vision and the seeds of, kind of the mission DNA that, that God has put in your, in your church, because I, I, I'm just one who really believes that God has put all the gifts that are needed in that local church. God has put a, a DNA kind of something unique to that church that you're, this is your part of the kingdom work that you're called to do. And so I think for a leader's role, I think our role is more to kind of draw that out and to tease that out of, of people and organizations in a church and, and not so much, even when it comes to vision, like I don't think of it as like, okay, well, here's my vision for this, but it's more like, what is the church's vision? And so I think multiply, what I would like to see multiply continue to do and even maybe do more of is just coming alongside the church and just saying, hey, help me understand what your vision is um, and what can we do together and how can we connect you with other churches that have similar vision? And then we're not working in isolation and alone, but we're actually working together. So I just, I just would love to see local churches getting engaged and in part by just being able to articulate and share some of their vision. And I'm going to be asking lots of those questions to pastors as I, as I talk to them. Yeah, cool. I like that a lot. Okay. And then speaking of vision. So another question I had, so I know during the whole C2C, that whole chapter, there's, there's a lot of conversation about how does church planting fit into mission, right? So the, I think the multiply tagline or whatever is that the world may know Jesus, right? And obviously the U.S. and Canada are part of the world. So how, how do you see the future of missions and church planting? How can they work together? And do, are, is there going to be more effort for kind of U.S. US and Canada-based stuff as part of Multiply? Or how do you see those, those things playing together moving forward? Uh, well, at the start of that tagline is the word together, you know, together that the world may know, right? Yeah. And so that word together is really important to me. And so that means, like for me, that means all kinds of things. Like it means... Uh, you know, Canon US too, as kind of the founding and the supporting conferences of, of Multiply. And they're the ones who said, hey, we need a missions agency that helps us do this, you know. And so that's what Multiply is there to do is to serve the church in North America. But, but also together in the sense of connecting our North American missionaries to national leaders on the front lines. And, mm. and so um, church planning is definitely a, a huge focus and a priority for us, but, but church planning comes out of really good disciple making and, and discipleship. So we have to have a culture, again, that soil, you have to have the soil and the cultural uh, culture of disciple discipleship and disciple making. And then as that multiplies, then, then churches form out of that. And so those two, again, go, go hand in hand. But I think, uh, you know, the, the local church is critical because um, they, 
and this is where there's the local church, there's the long-term or the North American missionaries, and then there's the, the national leaders. And, and I've heard some people say, well, are we not about the long-term missionaries anymore and just about national leaders or vice versa? And, and my answer is, well, no, both are actually critically important. In fact, I would say all three are critically important. And the three being the local church as we, in North America, and then the North American missionaries that get set out there, and then the national leaders in whatever country that we're serving in, uh, those three need to be working together really, really closely. And multiply just plays a role in, in, I think, facilitating some of that. But the North American missionaries are critical because they're the, I would call them the cultural interpreters in both directions, you know, mm -hmm. back to the local church and also into the other context. And they train and coach and, and raise up and hold accountable, you know, national leaders and help those national leaders and what they're doing get connected back to the local churches here and that's why all of those things kind of have to work simultaneously in order to, to, to function well. So I don't know, did that answer your question or yeah. Yeah. if I went off on a tangent? No, 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 no. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I think you're right that they're all very interconnected and they're all necessary. Yeah. So yeah that makes sense. They have to focus on all those things. And along with that, I wrote a note earlier, you mentioned something about the, the shotgun or the rifle approach. And I think yeah. that's something that I think we all struggle with in ministry to some degree. Like how much do you, do a little bit everywhere and how much do you really dig in deep and kind of focus on one specific area? So I guess for, for multiply in general, and I'm just curious for, for your, your opinion and your experience from a local church for a local church specifically, do you, is there any, is there a better way to do missions? Would you, would you say it's better to go all in on Uganda or is it better to do a little bit across the world or how, how do you kind of balance the shotgun and rifle approach? Now you're getting my own personal opinion here. I don't know <laughs> if I'm speaking officially for Multiply. I'll just speak for me because I'm a local church pastor. So, sure. and this comes from our own experience in our context. You know, one of the, as we kind of narrowed our focus and we define partnerships in our church context really, really specifically. In fact, we have a written covenant and we we develop it together with, you know, like I'll use Panama example because that was the first partnership that we developed. So we developed it with the national leaders in that setting and also the missionaries and Multiply missionaries all were involved. It's a mutual two-way kind of thing. And so we developed it and, and partnership means something very tangible to us. And so some people critiqued that and said, well, okay, if you just focus there, what about all our other missionaries? Yeah. What was interesting is we found, and our other missionaries from our church would attest to that. In fact, they told us that, that as we as a church focused in more narrowly in one kind of setting and tried to do one thing really well, Mm -hmm. What happened was, is other people in the church kind of sat up and went, hey, well, we're doing this for Panama. What if we did some similar things for so-and-so over in this other country? Yeah. And so a small group would suddenly get involved with a long-term missionary who they'd never been involved with before, but they suddenly thought, hey, maybe we can do something really specific with this one missionary. So suddenly a small group is mm -hmm. really connecting and supporting and communicating and praying for this missionary and, what, and the work that they're doing. So what we found was by focusing more narrowly, actually everybody sort of got more attention and, and it actually helped the whole, which was a really interesting thing that we didn't anticipate. Yeah. And so my personal bent is I think as churches, as a local church, you're better off focusing more narrowly than you are too broadly, mm -hmm. because even by doing that, you'll do fewer things well, Yeah. And, but, and then you'll really invest and engage. And, but then you'll also help your people, to look beyond even the things that they might have interested and they'll do some of their own stuff and they'll do that more well too, because they'll focus more narrowly and then everybody's doing that better. So yeah. I personally feel like that's a better approach than just being really broad and really wide. Yeah. Because it comes, it also comes back to the fact of 
it's about relationship. And so your family together, as you connect with these people in other places around the globe and you grow to love each other. And so you want to spend time together and that relationships take time. So you can't do that with a whole bunch of different settings. Right. So if you can narrow your focus, I think you can just do it much more effectively. Yeah, I agree. I think there's kind of pros and cons of both ways, but I think like you're saying, like if you gave every missionary in the world, $20, or if you gave one missionary fifty thousand, you're gonna make you're gonna get better return for your investment if you go all in on one specific place. Again, there's there's pros and cons to both models, but I think there's definitely something to say about being more focused like that. I like that a lot. So I'm curious, as since you're taking taking over kind of right now, hopefully, I, I hope you're in leadership for many many years. I'm, I'm sure you hope that as well. Missions already has changed a lot, right? Over the over the past several, I don't know, however many decades or even even centuries missions evolves as the world evolves as culture evolves and i think it's most of us would say that it feels like the world's getting smaller right a lot of us probably have friends on the other side of the world and worldwide travel is getting easier and easier at least most of the time when we're not in a pandemic or whatever so i'm just curious how do you see missions changing right now how does it look different now than before and do you see it continuing to evolve over time? If you were to kind of guess where, where things are headed, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I just have so much to learn in this area. I feel like I, I probably am not the right person to ask, but I mean, I guess some of the th- things that I'm seeing and I'm excited about is, you know, um, you know, the world is coming to us and the world is going everywhere. Like, so it's not like uh, missions is not about the North American church just sending missionaries, you know, to the rest of the world. Um, we need to keep doing that, but we also need to recognize that the world is coming to us. And so we've seen that even with, you know, refugee sponsorship, we've seen that with people with immigration, with people coming into our countries. And so suddenly we have all kinds of languages and ethnic groups and, and, and different types of people all among us. And so, uh, you know, some countries are starting to send missionaries now to us in Canada and the U S which is really exciting and, and helping us. So, and so I think I think the posture of mutuality and of being um, of of wanting to enter into relationship is is what is so critical um, because when you do that you actually do God's mission work together in both settings you know if you're thinking of two settings kind of thing and so it's not just us going and serving there but it's also us receiving and so again in our context in the church that I was pastoring you know we we said so many times, like we have been blessed more than we have blessed others. Like we have just, it's changed us. We've been so encouraged in our faith and we've tried to encourage others in their faith. And so the mutuality thing is, I think a really important piece as opposed to just sort of this, uh, you know, sending off and bringing our cultures and our ideas and our ways of doing things to other places, but rather uh, going with humility, a posture of humility to learn and say, hey, we have lots to learn from you. And then also receiving people in our, into our context who can who can teach us as well. And so when we get to that place where we're discipling one another and learning from, from each other in humility, really beautiful things can happen in whatever context, whatever country it is or whatever. So I, I think that's going to happen more and more and more. And so that's exciting to me. And, and again, like people with business, uh, interests and all kinds of other things. There's so many different backgrounds that can be utilized in different cultures and contexts that I think it's, it's, and that's been happening for years. That's not new, but I think that the, the opportunities for those things are, are just going to continue to be there and to increase. So again, I'll, I'll have, 
lots of insight into that question over the months and years ahead as people teach me about what it looks like. And um, I'm excited to learn along with people. You know, I think a lot of people feel like there's, at least in, in America, I'm not sure if this is how it feels in Canada and elsewhere in the world, but some people feel there is just kind of this hostility towards Christianity, at least in some circles, right? But it also seems to me the, the world is broken, the world is hurting. And at the same time, I think people are more open to whatever will give them hope, whatever will help them kind of get through each day. And also at the same time, I think it's interesting. It's I know that one of Multiply's um, really key goals is to honor the local leaders, honor the local culture, culture, not try to take over and you know North America North Americanize everything, but honor their culture. But at the same time, as the worldwide culture on, it kind of becomes more and more similar, they're they're more and more aware of our pop culture. We probably know more about their culture than we did, you know, 50, 100 years ago. So I'm just curious. Do you, to me, it kind of seems like this might be a unique kind of special time for missions where there's the, the blending of culture, the the kind of darkness that we've seen over the past few years might lead to a more openness to conversation. I mean, are you kind of seeing that even in your first few days or how are you, how are you kind of sensing the world temperature these days? No, I, I think so. Um, the, I think what we all experience in COVID is the polarization of culture, right? Like people, mm-hmm. people just seem to sort of like, wow, like the extremes just got more extreme and, yep. and the divides just got bigger. Yep. And um I think as we actually get together with one another and we start talking and we we actually learn how to listen to each other. And, and this is what I love about the whole idea of what it means to be a missionary. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have to, I think, have that posture all the time, even within our own churches on a Sunday morning. Yep. Um, yep. Is is just and, and what so what a missionary does, from what I understand, is is you know, you go into a context that you don't really know. You go in with the posture of humility, you go in there to learn, to listen, to observe. Uh, to understand the language, the culture, the nuances, their theology, how they view God or, you know, and all those kinds of things. And then you, you proclaim and bring, you know, the truth of God's great story, this gospel story into that culture in a way that makes sense to them. Yeah. And so I think if we can all have that posture, um, it, it just changes things and it can happen anywhere. I mean, in our church, uh, you know, we're a larger church with a big sanctuary. And I used to, every once in a while, I'd say, okay, this morning, I want you to go on a 50 foot missions trip hmm. and basically get up, move from your seat and go 50 feet from where you are and sit down by, you know, in your unusual place. Right. And right. Right. We all know how that feels. Yep. That's, and, and that's intimidating, but here you're going into another culture, 50 feet away from where you sit sure. in a sanctuary. Countercultural ministry right there. Yeah. Totally. But, but, but it, the same principle applies, right? Like it's like, okay, who are these people now and how do I get to know them and so on and so forth. So I guess that's what excites me is if, if we can all have a posture of humility and, and understand uh, God's great story. Like, I mean, God's story is an incredible story of hope. And and so we unashamedly and boldly take this gospel story into the world, but, but we do it with humility and we help people see how their story fits into God's story. And I think that's what uh, is really beautiful. Like in a in an age right now where people are confused and and even living in fear, and there's so much stuff going on that we don't understand. It's just really important to be to be reminded that God is in control. God has got an incredible story, uh, and and your story makes sense as you understand God's story. Your story fits into this. He's got a place for you here, and so that that piece I think crosses all cultures all boundaries and and people are longing for that. And so if we can find ways and postures that help people hear that better, um, I think there's incredible things that God's going to do through that. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, Bruce, even in the little bit of time we've had together, I just appreciate your humility, your heart, your, your leadership, and just your vision that you have for Multiply. I'm, I'm excited to see where things go from here. Really excited just to see, um, yeah, your, how your leadership grows. And thank you just for taking this role and for even just the heart that I can hear behind you. Um, our time has gone fast. Is there anything that you want to share with our family that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Uh, I don't think so. I, no, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate this opportunity. I'm, I would just say I'm really looking forward to getting to know our USMB family. And so please talk to me, reach out. I'd love to, to connect with you where I can. And, uh, and uh, just to understand more of what God's doing in your setting and how Multiply can, can play a support to that and, and connect uh, into that. So that'd be great. Awesome. Well, it's great to meet you, Bruce. We look forward to seeing you in Kansas City here in July. Yeah, you bet. We'll see you there. Okay, there you go. That was the Grand Poobah from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So many thanks to Bruce again for joining us today. And I hope you feel the same way I do, that there are lots of really good days ahead for Multiply. And I'm excited to see uh, how Bruce leads the organization moving forward. I think there's just lots of good things coming. So we didn't mention this in the episode, but of course, if you'd like to learn more about Multiply, their website is multiply.net. You can learn a lot more and find out ways that you can give and get involved. And we look, again, we've been mentioning this for several weeks. We would love to have you join us at the convention coming up in July. That'd be a great time to meet Bruce if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. So, of course, you can learn more about that at usmb.org. Okay, well, thanks again so much to you for listening today, wherever you are in the States and Canada or around the world. Grateful for you taking time to listen in this week. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time right here on The Lead Pods. Thanks for listening to Lead Pods. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to our show wherever you're listening today. Learn more by visiting usmb.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we learn more practical tools to increase our impact together.